And we're live. Welcome to Don't Be Coy. I'm your host, Uncle Lou. And today I have the honor, pleasure, and the utmost appreciation to have with me today, Miss Ara Shake. Ara, thank you for being on the show. How are you doing this morning? Thank you for having me. I feel great. I'm excited. I'm energized and just appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. All right. Sounds good. How was your previous week? Any kind of takeaways or anything like that? Previous week was interesting. Had some personal challenges come out of left field and it was a good opportunity for me to take a step back and appreciate some of the positive things I have going on in my life and try to use that to help navigate some feelings of negativity that I think I haven't experienced in a while. And so it was difficult, but I think now that I've gotten through it, I feel better and I feel stronger for it. So it's been a good week, I think, overall. I think just some unexpected twists and turns, but I think that's just life, right? So you can't always anticipate what's going to happen. Yeah, no, totally understand that. Life is a very interesting thing with like multiple twists and turns. It's a very interesting segue to what I would like to talk with you about today. As you may know, this is season two of Don't Be Coy, focusing mostly on moments of transformation and how we remain present during those kind of moments. So I'm going to be asking a series of questions that kind of relate to the past, present, and future and where you were in those specific spaces and how you've navigated those spaces and learned from them so that as you enter into various different moments into your life that you can be as present, reap the value as much as possible. It totally makes sense. For the people at home, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. So let's see. I am originally from New York. I moved to Seattle five years ago. I'm a first-generation South Asian-American Muslim woman. I am in an interfaith marriage. I have a dog and I'm really passionate about social justice and civil rights and women's rights, especially for women who have experienced domestic violence in South Asian communities. I love animals. I love to cook. I love music and I love to stay active. Assalamu alaikum to you. I didn't know that you were Muslim. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> <laughs> to start us off, What's your favorite song to start your day with or a theme song? So I love music a lot and I really struggle with picking my favorite of anything. And so I don't know that I have a favorite song for you, but I think generally I gravitate towards music that has an uplifting theme to it or something that makes me feel like I can get through any sort of problem or any sort of surprise that comes at me during the day. I'm Sometimes I struggle with perspective and sometimes I get really overwhelmed when things happen and I don't know how to necessarily keep my head on straight. And so I tend to gravitate towards music that kind of makes me feel like everything's going to be okay and that everyone goes, th goes through things sometimes and that that's okay and that's normal and that no matter what happens, you'll find a way to work through it and that nothing's ever as bad as it seems, I think. Sometimes I like create mountains out of molehills, so to speak. And so it's a nice reminder when I listen to music that sort of makes me feel like, oh, this, is, this isn't just me and everyone can relate to feeling this way and that's all right. So that's not really a song, but I hope that sort of describes some sort of category. So I would say like uplifting music, music that kind of just 
I guess, feel good music. That makes a lot of sense. One thing that you touched on there that I, I truly resonate with is, as we were saying earlier, as far as life having all these different kind of ups and downs and different curveballs that can bring you your way, it's sometimes it's easy to feel like you're the only person in this world and feeling like you're the only individual kind of enduring this. And then it's very relieving to find out that other people are navigating some of these same things. And there are some like best practices associated with that and different learnings that you can get from it. And it helps in overcoming those situations. The question that I have associated with that is, when was the moment that you could say, notice that these songs started to provide value into your life? Yeah, I really appreciate that question. I think for me, so I think I mentioned I'm a first generation South Asian Muslim woman, and I grew up in a pretty conservative family. I'm the youngest of three kids, and I'm the youngest by a lot. So my oldest sibling is 14 years older than me. And then my second oldest sibling is 11 years older. And so I grew up with two sets of parents. I didn't really have a lot of people my age to talk to or relate to. And I would say that I probably also grew up in a more like male dominated household. So I feel like being a woman, I didn't really feel like I could be as outspoken or as like vocal, I think in certain ways, because I just feel like my opinion wasn't necessarily taken as seriously as some other folks around me. And I think I always struggled with being able to express myself. And then I think as I got older, I just generally started struggling with my identity as far as being like an American and being and growing up in a community that didn't have a lot of people that look like me and not really being sure where I fit in. And then when I would go home, I think there was an expectation that I would be this like much more kind of traditional Muslim woman and stay within like the confines of our culture and keep that separate. And then when I would go to school, I would struggle to also relate to a lot of aspects of being an American, but I don't know how that fits with these other pieces of me. And so I think that struggle continued as I got older. And I think I started to look to music as a way of just being able to understand some of my own like internal struggles about who I was and trying to figure out who I was because I couldn't have those conversations with my family as much because I don't think they necessarily understood where I was coming from in the same way. And I don't think that was their fault. I think it's just... We had different life experiences, and I think there were just certain things that they couldn't relate to that I really wanted to talk about until I started finding like friends that I could talk to and be comfortable with and trust. I think I relied on music a lot to figure out how I was feeling and sort through my feelings and come to terms with certain things. And so I would say, honestly, like probably from college through law school or the times that I really relied on music the most. And I think it also corresponds to points in my life where I realized that there's just certain values and opinions I have that are just different from my family. And I think it took a lot of time for me to become like courageous enough to just stand by those things, even if they didn't agree with me. And I think music helped me get there. I think one of the things that is very thing over the last, I don't even want to say five to 10 years, just even within the past hundred years, if you will, the rapid pace and changes from a experiences standpoint from like generation to generation. And 
as you were mentioning beforehand, like as far as being first generation, there are various different layers that you could speak about from experiencing with that. As you mentioned, being one of few that shared the same cultural identity as your own, going home and having that juxtaposition of the experiences and experiences of your peers compared to experiences that your parents had whenever they were growing up. What I'm most curious about is what that experience was like for you specifically. Yeah, I think that that really came to a head probably a little shortly before I moved to Seattle, maybe six years ago. I think, I think there was a time when I was finally able to speak with friends of mine that I was close to, like really honestly and openly about some of the things that I've gone through with my family, some of the challenges we had as far as like our opinions regarding religion, about politics, gender identity, like a lot of those types of topics. And when I was able to have those conversations with folks in my circle really openly, they actually shared similar sort of struggles and challenges with me that I didn't really realize. And I think it's because they probably didn't realize that I'd experienced something similar. And I think I was too self-conscious to be like fully open with them. And I think when I finally got to that point was just because like, honestly, I was just going through so much emotionally that I couldn't hold it in anymore. And I think that just prompted me to really start being much more open and candid. And I think at that point, when everyone else started sharing similar struggles with either their families or their identities. It just started to make me feel like my story wasn't the only story and that there were a lot of similar themes. So like I struggled with religion and how that factors into my identity. I had friends who struggled with their gender identity and how that fit into their identities with really conservative families. There's a lot of like themes of just like you use the word otherizing or feeling othered. I think that general theme was something that all of us could connect on. And I think that's what helped me just realize what I was going through was just one version of that struggle and that everyone goes through some version of it. And I think it's just a matter of realizing that like we're all walking that same path. And the more you're able to communicate and share, the, the more you feel like you're not alone. And so I think that particular time is probably when I felt the most connected. And then when I moved to Seattle, I found a community of South Asian women who would come together on a regular basis to talk about just various intergenerational issues, talking about their backgrounds and what it was like for them growing up in their families. And then we actually came together and did a theater presentation or play, excuse me, it was basically the like the South Asian version of the vagina monologues. It was called Yoniki Bath. And we did that together. And it was basically an opportunity for each of us to share our own stories. And for me, that was really empowering because it was right when I moved to Seattle. I didn't know anyone here. And so to go on stage and talk about what I've been through felt very, it was just like cathartic for me because... I didn't have to worry about anyone in the audience who may have known me or anyone who had any preconceived notions about me. I could just be honest to be myself. And so that 
feel like that was like the culmination of just feeling like I could finally see, finally just let myself feel free. And after that, I feel like I finally started to just feel comfortable with myself. So I don't know if that answers your question, but it was just, I think over time I learned to just not be embarrassed of my feelings or my opinions and feel comfortable expressing them. And I think over time, I finally got to the point where I could be unapologetic about who I was. And I yeah. think for a long time, I felt a lot of shame about who I was. And it took time for me to get over that. I think that is just so beautiful to reach that level of comfortability and sense of realizing like your own identity and being comfortable sharing who you are and using that as a platform to essentially build up to who you essentially want to be. And, and I just want to say thank you for just sharing that experience of reaching to that point. Totally. And I thank you for creating space for me to share. I think, I think it's hard sometimes to talk about things that you go through that were difficult at the time, but then looking back now, it feels, I don't know, you almost feel like you got through it and now you're on to a new chapter and you actually feel better for it. I think it just takes time to that point where you feel like you can actually look back and appreciate something you've gone through and also be compassionate to people that you may not have necessarily had the easiest conversations with. I think that's something else that I've realized over time is like I feel much more empathetic and compassionate towards people who I felt weren't necessarily very nice to me or didn't try to understand me, but now I'm like trying really hard to understand them just because it's they've probably gone through their own struggles and maybe just haven't had the chance to work through them quite the same way. And I think it's easy to judge people. And so I try really hard now not to be judgmental towards other people, even if I feel like I don't agree with them because I don't know where they've been. That's a very interesting segue as we just navigating those various moments of transformation and this kind of moment in sense of like your own identity and like how you want to be in this, this world. And like having that specific characteristic trait to be empathetic and be patient with individuals whenever they show up in a way that isn't necessarily the most desirable from your perspective and being able to be that kind of understanding. I'm curious around how is that something that you are like exercising or developing on today? I think one of the things that I've started doing is like putting myself in situations that I know are going to make me uncomfortable. I think before I used to shy away from like certain topics around certain people if I knew that they were going to say something that was going to get me riled up or make me feel like, oh, how could you possibly think that way or how could you believe that? I would deliberately avoid those spaces because I knew that it would just affect me a certain way. I think now I try to challenge myself to actually try to put myself in those situations so I can figure out like, how can I have a productive conversation with this person? Like, how can I figure out how to find something to relate to them on, mm. even if it's not what we're necessarily talking about? I think you can always find common ground with people. I think sometimes it's a matter of being patient enough to sit with them. And I think sometimes it's easy to get frustrated if it doesn't happen right away. And then you don't really feel like continuing the conversation because you're like, well, there's nothing here. I'm just going to move on. And I think people are worth exploring. And so I try to find ways to communicate or relate to someone, even if it's not obvious right away. So I think that's one thing I try to do is put myself out there, try to meet different types of people. 
try to have like more substantive conversations with people. I think that's the other thing is I think it's really easy to have small talk with strangers. If I can, I try to actually have conversations with people about more like solid topics, things that are much more like about finding out who they are as people and what have their experiences been like and what motivates them, what drives them. Like I like talking to people and feeling like I can walk away getting a sense for who they are, not just, oh, you're a Steelers fan. Or are you, I know you really like seafood or something. It's like, I want to know, what are your opinions on things? What do you like to read? What, because I think, I don't know, it just gives you a glimpse into who people are. So that's what I try to do. I just try to get to know people more, I think. While you were speaking about this, I'm reflecting on a specific individual that like I have a lot of trouble connecting with. I've noticed that whenever I engage with this person, I like to speak with the metaphor of like my cup. I start my day full of a cup, however much I put into it, but a lot gets taken as far as just working, interacting with certain types of people, et cetera, et cetera. And this is a particular individual that I feel like really and truthfully drains a lot of my energy. And I've found myself creating a negative space when I know that I'm about to engage with this particular individual so I wonder how you try to be protective of your own space so that you don't pour too much into it where you lose too much. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I think that's such a real struggle. I think that you also just can't always anticipate how you'll react to somebody else too. Like you might be going in with the best intentions and then somehow someone will say something and it'll just totally sidetrack the direction you were trying to go in and leave you feeling in a more negative space than you intended. So I can definitely relate to what you're saying. And I definitely agree with a lot of what you're saying. I think, I think for a while I struggled with taking it personally when like, I felt like I was making a lot of effort with somebody and they weren't reciprocating in the same way, or I didn't feel like they were reciprocating in a way that was equal to what I was putting in. I think that would bother me a lot. I think over time I realized that I can't control what other people are going to do and I can't control how someone else is going to behave and I can't set, I can't expect things from people because it's not fair. Everyone has their own sense of what's right, what's wrong, what's acceptable, what's appropriate, what's decent, what's not decent. And I have those things for myself that I try to maintain when I'm in spaces with other people. But like at the end of the day, I can't necessarily ask other people to maintain what I think is, are those benchmarks? Unless of course it's, for example, if they come to my home and they're gonna disrespect me in my own home, that's like a whole different situation. But yeah. if I'm meeting someone for coffee and they start talking about certain things that I don't think are appropriate, I would either try to remove myself from that situation or politely ask them to stop. But I can't fundamentally change who they are. I think that's the biggest thing that's helped me over time. And I feel like this with even with my own family, the parts where I was in my darkest times was because I felt honestly just hurt and upset that they couldn't try to understand where I was coming from. And they weren't willing to, even if they could see that they were causing me pain, they still weren't willing to reflect on what they were doing and maybe think about, oh, maybe I should, maybe I can think about changing how I'm behaving because it's actually hurting this person. And I would take that personally. And I think now I don't necessarily take it personally anymore. I'm just like, people just are who they are sometimes. And like, it's okay to just accept that and just be like, that's just, 
that's who they are and we can't change them. And it's, it's up to people to change themselves. And I think once I started accepting that, I felt less like it was my job or my responsibility to try to tell them like, hey, what you're doing is wrong or what you're doing is X, Y, or Z. It's okay, hopefully, you know, you at some point in life find a time to think on this a little bit and maybe change your position, but it's not my job to, to make you do that. I think that's helped me a lot because it takes the responsibility out of my hand, puts it back on the other person. And so that's how I try to deal with those types of situations. Just remind myself that there's boundaries and this is how far I'm willing to go and anything outside of that just falls on the other person. That makes a lot of sense. I, And I think that's a beautiful milestone of growth, right? To be able to recognize that like a lot of this effort or energy that you're putting into this to make these changes it's not really like you're part of your responsibility and to be able to shift that towards that particular individual allows more like capacity for yourself to be able to work on where it is that you particularly need to work on within yourself and i think that that's a particular thing that i struggle with personally especially whenever it's in a space that i feel not necessarily responsible for per se, but within a space that is impactful towards things that are important to me. So let's say, for example, you're working with a particular individual on a particular project and you, this individual is like doing their best, if you will, but their approach or their perspective on it is little bit of a deviation towards the direction in which you would like to go and knowing that you have invested strong feelings to where the direction that you intend to go is the best course and so individuals who deviate not for any kind of malice reasons but because they genuinely believe that it's right how that can be draining at times. Yeah, I definitely understand that. I feel like those situations definitely happen and it's hard, especially when you have some personalities are really tough to find common ground with. And I think there's some people for whom like building consensus is really hard and they may not even realize they're doing it. Like I feel like some people even are being real digging in their heels on something and not being willing to try to compromise. And I think they may not even realize they're doing it. And so I definitely can relate to that, like feeling like that kind of zaps your energy and you end up carrying that sort of frustration with you when you leave that conversation and go talk with someone else. I definitely can relate to that. And I think what I try to do is one, try to just keep perspective and try to, I don't like the word compartmentalize, but that's the word I'm going to use. Try to remind myself of what that particular context was and try not to let it necessarily bleed into other aspects of my day. It's a lot easier said than done. I think a lot of times I'm not very good at it, but I think I think it's really easy to let that type of energy affect the flow of the rest of your day. And I try really hard to be protective of my mental capacity because you only have so much of it. And I, I think in some ways it's, I don't want to say good, but it's like, it's, a positive that you know that this person has this kind of effect on you because maybe you can actually like mentally prepare yourself more for those types of conversations so mm -hmm. you don't get blindsided if they say something that's going to 
throw you off. So maybe looking at more was, I need to actually be prepared and get myself in a certain headspace before I engage with this person because I already know that they're probably going to affect me in this way. And here's some ways that I can try to preemptively guard myself so that I don't leave feeling a certain way. And maybe after the conversation, like carving out time to like decompress from that conversation and make it so that you're not necessarily carrying as much of that energy into the next space you go into could be helpful. But I think it's hard. I think it really, it depends on the day. It depends on how you're feeling. Like you may not have been having a great day to begin with. And then you go into this conversation with this person and they make it worse. Or if you're having a great day, you go in and they ruin your day. I think it's, I think it's hard, but I think to the extent you can be self-aware of your own feelings and emotions to try to like then make a game plan, so to speak for yourself so that you can proactively take steps to protect how you go in and how you come out of that so that it doesn't bleed into the rest of your day. But I think it's hard. I think I do think it's hard and it's a struggle and it could probably vary from day to day too because yeah. every day is different. I wonder how that has been for your own self as you you've shared what your experiences were like pre-moving to Seattle and that kind of time period before transitioning to Seattle and then actually first being out here and being in that space where, as we talked about, reaching that baseline of who you are, how you want to represent yourself within this world. And then over these past like five or six years, especially with the changes within work culture due to the pandemic, the impact that it's had around social aspects and community. I'm curious for yourself and these kind of last couple of years where you've set that baseline and try to interact with these various different individuals within your life, whether it's like families, friends, strangers, what have you, how you are able to keep that stable state as much as you possibly can. I think number one is what I try to do. So like I'm really into meditation, activity, yoga, like those are things that I have to do in order to keep my mental state at that baseline level. And I think the other thing that I try to do is just try to focus on take life one day at a time. I think one of the things I used to do that really, I think contributed to a lot of my stress is that I tried to plan way too far ahead. And then if I felt like things weren't going the way that I wanted, I would feel really down and really disappointed in myself and feel like I was making mistakes and not doing things right and just starting a lot of that negative self-talk. And I realized that that's not productive and that it's much better to focus on things a day at a time because then you're more present and you don't get carried away thinking about things that haven't happened. So I try to be present. And I also try to tell myself every day that I've done my best for today and tomorrow's another day and I can do it again so that I don't feel like I don't accomplish something or if I feel myself starting to go back to that negative space one day that I don't assume that I'm going to feel that way the next day because this is today and I'm allowed to feel this way. If I feel that way, I let myself sit with it. I don't try to get it, push it away because I think that if they don't process something fully, it just lingers. And so if I find myself getting pulled back down, I just, I sit with it. I think about it. I try to understand where it's coming from 
And then to the extent that I can, I try to just tell myself, like, I'm going to let myself feel this way today and that tomorrow I'm going to start over. And it helps me feel like I'm continuing to make progress and that I don't have to stay in this static state all the time because I'm human and that I can't always maintain this perfect level of stability. Like I'm going to have days where I revert back to feeling the way that I used to feel five, six years ago. And that's okay because I think that's just part of how you grow. And I think once I gave myself that opportunity to just like forgive myself and let myself do it and be like, that's all right. I think it started to make me feel like, I don't know. I think it's important to let yourself make mistakes and to let yourself not be perfect because yeah. we're not supposed to be perfect. And I yeah. think the more pressure we put on ourselves to be perfect is what kind of brings us into a negative headspace. I think that's the biggest thing that, that helps me is just trying to do my best for that day. Mm-hmm. If I can do that, that's great. I think that's just a common theme as far as being able to give ourselves grace. And in times we do that, but we don't necessarily recognize that there's unlimited amount of grace that we're going to have to give ourselves. And sometimes we're going to have to give ourselves more grace than other times. And then realizing that that's okay. And that's all a part of the growth process and things of that nature. So I'm curious as we've talked a little bit about where you started at with this kind of journey around like identity and establishing that and like how you've kind of held that at a steady state over these past kind of five or six years what is that kind of that next point that you want to get to that's such a good question oh gosh i think as far as what i'd like to do next i think i would love to honestly create an opportunity for either like a community group or some sort of space for youth that are from like similar background to how I may have grown up. South Asian youth who first generation grown up here. I would love to create a space for them and myself to come together and just be in community and be able to talk. I think that um, especially now that I have nephews growing up here and I talk with them and there's so many things that they tell me that remind me of the way that I used to feel growing up. And and I think it would be really interesting to be able to create space where folks can talk about those things more openly and share and feel comfortable and safe doing that. Because I think that's something that I would have loved to have I would have loved to have had when I was that age. And I think it would have helped me so much. And I think it would feel really good to be able to create space like that for youth here. Because I just feel like sometimes you just need someone to talk to that kind of looks like you and has been through something similar. And I think it's not always easy to find, especially if you come from like a sort of a sheltered background where you don't get exposure to a lot of people. And I don't know, that's something I would love to do is create space to share and learn and talk about experiences that we may have all gone through because I think that is really powerful and can help when you're growing up and trying to figure out who you are. So that's one thing I would really like to do. As far as like more personally, just for myself, that's a really good question. I think probably maybe building 
more connections with folks that I have, I think maybe not have been, I have not been as in touch with from my past. I'm like trying to reforge some connections and relationships with people is probably something I would like to do. I want to get to a place where I feel like I know that I've made, I've tried my best to try to heal relationships that have either become just strained, trying to find some closure and be able to just create opportunities for new relationships with those people. I think it would be something that I would really like to do because I sometimes I think about the impact that folks have had on me and I there are a lot of positive things that I think got overshadowed by some of the negative things that have happened and I'd like to be able to go back and try to focus more on the positive and use that to usher in a new relationship. So that's another thing I would like to do because family is important to me. I think that especially when you move away, like most of my family is still on the East Coast and I want to maintain that connection. So I would like to try to find a way to make that happen without necessarily compromising who I've become, like yeah. being very clear. This is who I am now, but I still really care about you. And I think we can find a way to find common ground, right? Yeah. And and just continue to have a relationship. So that's, I think those are the two things that come to mind when I think about your question, but I'm glad you asked me that. I don't think, I don't think I really thought about that before. So thank <laughs> you for asking me. It forced me to really like take a second to think because like I said, I'm so focused on my day to day. I don't usually think <laughs> that far ahead anymore. I appreciate that because we sometimes don't realize the weight that that is. And so I appreciate that clarification of that answer that you provided. One, creating a space for people to communicate and share these various different like experiences they have and navigating intersectionality and being able to form like a community or form a space where people can just talk it out. And I think that that's a very important aspect. I also really appreciate that space that you talk about as far as like reforging like some of those relationships, because I think as individuals who are just navigating this thing called life in our like late 20s, early 30s, we've made a lot of decisions around like defining who we are as an individual. And then we've also learned a lot about ourselves to what is important to us and like what we hold as for as valuable. And some of those things are like family that is far away because like we've made personal decisions or whether it was for personal or professional reasons that have moved us away from like where our family is and realize the importance of a key puzzle piece, if you will, that kind of holds those things together because that's like essentially our foundation, right? That's where we come from. That's where we grew up these are things that we're familiar with and like though there might be differences between the person that you are today and like some of the not necessarily say grounding traits but some of the characteristics of from where you've come from perspectives may have grown i just want to thank you again for just your level of transparency and just sharing everything that you've shared as far as like the experiences you've had growing up, some of the things that you're navigating right now, and like some of the things that you're really looking forward to experiencing in the future and like how you're you're going to show up into those spaces. So I just want to just thank you once again and 
just thank you for all those things. No, thank you for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to be here. It was it was such a beautiful conversation. And I really, I feel like it's given me a really great chance to even center myself and reestablish some of the things that are important to me. So I appreciate you making that space and inviting me. Thank you. Of course, no problem at all. I have three quick lightning questions and then I'm going to run okay. through those and then I'm going to okay. let you get to the rest of your day. How's that sound? It sounds great. All right. Do you prefer texting, talking, or video chats? Talking. <laughs> nice. What or who inspires you and why? Oh, women who live overseas and who don't have the opportunity to pursue their education and continue to persevere in their own lives and raise children and do so without having any support. Those people are my heroes. Mm. And it's because they're somehow able to find strength without support or resources that many of us are fortunate to have. And they still manage to persevere and are some of the strongest people I've ever seen. So those are the people that inspire me. Really appreciate that comment. And lastly, on a scale from one to 10, how good mm -hmm. are you at keeping secrets? Oh, I'm really good. I would say I'm a nine. <laughs> I'm a nine. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty solid. Unless it's, that's not true. No, I'm pretty good. I'm a nine. I'm, I'm going to stop. So I'm just going to start changing my answer. I'm a nine. I'm a nine. <laughs> nice. Once again, I really appreciate your time. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. You too. So great to see you. I'm so excited that I had the chance to be here. And yeah, just thank you again. This has been another episode of Don't Be Coy with Uncle Lou. As always, I'd like to thank this episode's guest for a great conversation, as well as thank you, the listener, for joining in. Whether you're a first-time listener or a regular, I always appreciate your support. If you like today's episode and ever want to listen to more, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Audible, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. And to join our community and access future bonus content, be sure to visit dbkpodcast.com.